Welcome to the Doc Washburn Show, the show that talks about what you actually care about. We usually stream live at noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central weekdays at docwashburnshow.com, unless I have a campaign event, which indeed I did have a campaign event Thursday. Minutes after each live stream is completed, no matter what time we do it, the Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. The Doc Washburn Show is on Twitter and Facebook. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is the 100th episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Friday, March 4th, 2022. Coming up, people I trust, people that seem reasonable to me, say Ukraine is not what it seems. Who do you trust? But first, yes, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. Yes, it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. No, my old employer wouldn't allow me to say that on the radio. And yes, there's all kinds of evidence out there that a lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. And yes, we must keep the January 6th political prisoners in our prayers. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We're unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do on this talk show, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Now, I'm running for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas. I have already filed a week ago. It is official. If you like to support what we do running for governor, actually, it's not we, it's just me. It's not like you get two for one like Bill and Henry. Nothing, nothing like that. If you like to support my campaign for the Republican nomination for governor of Arkansas, the website is electdocwashburn.com. And we now have a Facebook page. Really excited about that. Elect Doc Washburn. Facebook page. And I'm honored to be endorsed by Reopen Arkansas, one of the Arkansas groups at the forefront of fighting for our liberties. And I'm also, Reopen Arkansas endorsed us like two or three weeks ago. And now, Gun Owners of Arkansas has endorsed us. And We are so thankful for their endorsement also. Here's what it says on the website. Gun owners of Arkansas is very excited to announce our endorsement of Doc Washburn for governor. He has an established record where he stands on issues, along with reaching out to gun owners of Arkansas prior to announcing his candidacy, unlike his opponent, who was completely ignored. Gun Owners of Arkansas, pardon me, who has completely ignored Gun Owners of Arkansas, leaving us in a position, we have no clue where she stands, not only in Second Amendment issues, but every issue dealing with how she would govern. Thank you, Doc, for stepping up, and we fully support you and wish you the best. And then it says, Doc Washburn was host of the big local talk radio show in Little Rock for over seven years. Last fall, he was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America for refusing to bow to their vaccine mandate. He now does a national podcast with listeners in all 50 states. 
He's running for the Republican nomination for governor because Arkansans have made it clear they want an actual conservative governor, not more of the same pretend conservatives. Pardon me, not more of the same pretend conservatism. And then it has the list of bullet points from my website about why to vote for me. And I really appreciate it. If you want to look over those bullet points, electdocwashburn.com. And thank you so much for that. And I appreciate the guys who put together the Elect Doc Washburn Facebook page. And people have been asking, okay, where are you going to be? Where are you going to be? Where, where's, where's the calendar of events? That should be on the Doc Washburn, the Elect Doc Washburn Facebook page. I think within the next 24 to 48 hours, but I'll tell you, next couple of places I'm going to be, I am scheduled to speak at Engaged Ministries Church in Lowell, Arkansas, up in northwest Arkansas, at 11 a.m. and 9.30 a.m., Sunday morning, March 6th. I'm also planning to get over to the Salem Fire Pancake Day. I mean, it's it's all you can eat uh, pancakes and and sausage for for three dollars. Isn't that the case? Did I misspeak? Wait a minute. Is it all you can eat? I, I better check. I better check. I better check. I'm sorry. I don't want to get this wrong. We have our annual all you can eat pancake breakfast at Salem Elementary on Saturday, March fifth. We'll serve pancakes, sausage, coffee, and milk. From 6 a.m. until 11 a.m. It's an all-you-can-eat for just $3. Kids under 6 eat free. Also have a silent auction with many donations from generous community businesses. As always, we'll post the names of the businesses and individuals who have donated. We hope you'll support them as they continually support us. Plan on joining us for a great time of food and fellowship. Tickets on sale now. And so I'm planning on being over there Saturday morning from 6 to 11. And all-you-can-eat. Sausage and pancakes. That's just too good to be too. Okay, okay, I'll talk about next week. I'll talk about next week. Um, I'm driving to Jonesboro on my birthday, Wednesday. I have been asked to... uh, Sit for a live interview in Jonesboro at KLEKFM. It is a uh, non-commercial radio station, basically targeting the black community at Jonesboro. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. Also, on Thursday the 10th, Pulaski County Republican Women's Club, I'll be speaking there. Uh, That starts around 11.30 at the Pleasant Valley Country Club in Little Rock. And we've got a lot more stuff coming up that we'll get to. But um, I promised you a few minutes ago that I was going to talk about the idea that maybe Ukraine isn't all it's cracked up to be. Now, We were told we were told by the Associated Press Russian forces shelled 
Europe's largest nuclear plant early Friday, sparking a fire as they pressed their attack on a crucial energy-producing Ukrainian city and gained ground in their bid to cut off the country from the sea. Leading nuclear authorities were concerned, but not panicked, about the damage to the power station. The assault triggered phone calls between Ukrainian President Volodymyr, Volodymyr Zelensky and U.S. And no, I'm not going to say it. Biden's not president. He's the usurper. He stole it. Anyway, we were also told by the um, Washington Examiner, panic as fire erupts at Ukrainian nuclear plant under relentless Russian shelling. We were told by the mainstream media that the Russians were shelling this uh, nuclear plant from all directions and it was on fire. A nuclear plant on fire is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. But more recently in the middle of the night here, central time in the U.S., we're told that um, the fire's been put out. The fire has been put out. And there are no casualties or injuries. This is from uh, Nexta TV, the largest Eastern European media. State Emergency Service of Ukraine says fire near Zaporizhkaya. I'm probably mispronouncing it, but that's a nuclear plant. Extinguished. No casualties or injuries. Oh, also, radiation background in Zaporizhia. Region remains normal after nuclear power plant fire, according to civil military administration. I thought this was going to be like Chernobyl back 40 years ago. That's what they were saying the concern was. Right? Now Ukrainian officials are saying Russian military forces have occupied the Zaporizhia Nuclear power plant. Maybe they have. I don't know. The great Jack Posobiec over human events says they lied about Zaporoshia because they want to pull the U.S. into the war. The lies will become bigger. It's going to get worse. How about that? And so Lindsey Graham, look at the more of the lies. Yeah, I know Putin lies too. And so does a lot of the media. I mean, Fox News lied when they said Biden beat Trump, right? So I'm supposed to trust them? Okay, here's Lindsey Graham on Twitter. And I quote, Is there a Brutus in Russia? Is there a more successful Colonel Stauffenberg in the Russian military? The only way this ends is for somebody in Russia to take this guy out. You'd be doing your country and the world 
a great service. The only people who can fix this are the Russian people. Easy to say, hard to do. Unless you want to live in darkness for the rest of your life, be isolated from the rest of the world in abject poverty, and live in darkness, you need to step up to the plate. So Lindsey Graham is calling for the assassination of Vladimir Putin. I think that's reckless. A lot of other people think that's reckless. Let's see what some of the uh, responses are here. Jack Posobiec says, resign now. Tim Swain, the guy who's running for Senate in uh, South Carolina, says, serious question, why doesn't Senator Tim Scott ever condemn Lindsey Graham's behavior? Yossi Gestetner says, reckless to call for the assassination of a country's leader. Iraq, Libya, Syria, Afghanistan, millions, literally millions, dead or wounded, and millions more displaced the last 20 years thanks to America's frenzied rush into imperialistic intervention and meddling, which led to the creation of ISIS too. We need careful deliberation. You know... He might have something there. He might have something there. Robbie Starbuck, who is the uh, conservative running for U.S. House, Tennessee District Number 5, Middle Tennessee, says about Lindsey Graham, this guy does not want me elected to Congress. That should give you a good idea of who to vote for in this race. This was a lunatic tweet, Lindsey. The great attorney Ron Coleman, responding to Lindsey Graham, calling for Vladimir Putin's assassination, says, are you high? The great independent journalist Jordan Schachtel says, psychotic, resign, warmongering freak. It's insane. Let me, uh, let me check and see what Tucker said. It's only 24 seconds long. We got it. Brand new constitutional amendment. Let's call it the Lindsey Graham Amendment. And here's what it would say. Congress shall topple no government until it finishes rebuilding the last government it toppled. And furthermore, talk show generals shall be required to personally visit the battlefield of every war they advocate for. End of amendment. That would have an immediate and positive effect. Let's hope it passes. (laughs) Dude. Dude. Oh, my goodness, that should have been the tweet of the day. That should have been the tweet of the day brought to you by Red River Dodge. RedRiver.com, RedRiverYourWay.com. I'm going to say it right eventually. It's very late. It's after 1 a.m. Central. That should have been the tweet of the day brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. The big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to, online, have delivered your front door anywhere in the continental U.S. I don't know how I'm going to find one better than that. But we're going to try. I ain't going to lie, fam. We're going to try. All right, so the New York Post reports Ukraine President Zelensky survives three assassination attempts. Now, the great David Reboy 
National Security and Political Warfare, Claremont Institute Senior Fellow, says the media needs to vet these stories because the lies coming from the Ukrainian government just don't stop. And he's right. Now, in the interest of full disclosure, the New York Post is owned by the same company that owns Fox News. Let's see here. Oh, I see. See, when you click on the link to the New York Post, it says, Ukraine President Volodymyr Zelensky survives three assassination attempts in the last week, colon, report. The tweet doesn't have the report part. In other words, there's a report that he survived three assassination attempts. The Times of London reports it. The assassination plots were foiled when anti-war Russians fed intel to Ukraine about two separate mercenary groups that planned to launch the attacks. Okay, fine. But they've been lying about so much, you know? They've been lying about so much. And so, the question is who to believe. Let me uh, let me just for a second scoot over to the epictimes.com. Maybe maybe they got something. You never know. Live updates. Ukraine says fire biggest nuclear plant extinguished. Yeah, that's true. Let's see what else they got about the uh, Russia Ukraine war. Mayor of Kiev says situation difficult but under control. Really? Foreign policy experts say sanctions unlikely to force Russia's hand. Yeah, I go with that. You know, they're, 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 they're doing all kinds of sanctions on Russia, but China, the country that uh, did the bioweapon, Wu flu, the bioweapon China virus on us, no sanctions on them. They're like, hey, hey, I tell you what, thank you. Here's some Olympics for you. Seriously. Seriously. What does that tell you? Again, the last 30 or so years, there have been a lot of wars, been a lot of people killed. Why is this the one they want you to care about? Why this one? You know, I was talking in Conway Thursday lunchtime to informed citizens of Faulkner County. I said, you know, For years now, the Islamic jihadists in the northern part of Nigeria have been slaughtering Christians and slowly moving south in Nigeria. You see any coverage on that of Fox News or CNN or MSNBC or any of the rest of them? I must have missed it. I must have missed it. I mean... What about when uh, Russia invaded Georgia? What about when they took Crimea while Obama was president? Anybody freaking out about that? I'm just I'm just asking questions, man. I'm not sure I got the answers, but 
I think we ought to ask the questions. Okay, there's a guy named Camille Galeev. He's a Galena Staro Vojtova fellow at the Woodrow Wilson Center. I'm going to try not to hold that against him because Woodrow Wilson is one of the worst presidents in the history of the United States. I think I, 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 when people used to say Obama was the worst president of the United States, I said, eh, maybe. But what about Wilson? Do you know about Wilson? Obama might be the worst, but what about Wilson? Don't forget Wilson. Now Biden, I think, is definitely worse than Wilson. And, buddy, that takes some doing right there. Anyway, anyway, so this Camille Galeev over there on Twitter says, how is the war in Ukraine going? Today they confirmed the death of Russian General Major Suhovetsky. He's unsurprisingly a paratrooper. So let's discuss the role of paratroopers in the Russian military doctrine That will shed a light on the course of this war and why Russia lost it. Anybody talking like that? You hear anybody say that? Okay, you deserve to hear the other side of the story then. You deserve to hear another perspective. He says paratroopers hold more legendary status than any other troops in Russia. They are elite They are an elite force comprising the reserve of the Supreme High Command. They are supposed to lead the offensive, being dropped behind the enemy lines and holding the ground before the rest of the army comes. Except they aren't used this way. If you look at this picture, and he has a picture of paratroops, paratroopers uh, descending, you'll understand why. He says it's just too easy to shoot them all in the air before they reach the ground. That's why in pretty much every conflict, Afghanistan, Karabakh, Georgia, Chechnya, they were used as regular infantry. Since World War II, there were only three cases when Russian paratroopers were actually dropped on the enemy from the air. Hungary in 1956, Czechoslovakia in 1968, Ukraine in 2022. Ergo, paratroopers act as paratroopers only when they don't expect resistance from another regular army. Yeah, Hungary in 1956 and Czechoslovakia in 1968 were when the Soviets just sent tanks to just roll over folks that couldn't fight back. But he continues. Paratroopers aren't that strong. The firepower of an elite paratrooper regiment is way weaker than that of regular non-elite infantry regiment. They can't defeat an army, but they aren't supposed to fight against an army. They're supposed to suppress mutinies and rebellions. See, the Soviet Union looked at Hungary in 1956 and Czechoslovakia in 1968 as rebellions because they were trying to open up and be a little freer than regular communist countries, but but I digress. He says the entire concept of VDV, Russian paratroopers, makes total sense if we consider that they are not so much soldiers as they are riot police. 
They don't need to fight other regular armies. They need to suppress disorganized mutinies and protests. Since paratroopers are the shock troops of the regime, they absolutely need to look scary to scare off any mutineers. Their entire legendary status is one huge psyop. That's not a secret. Really well-trained forces, such as those of GRU, consider these guys to be fraudsters. Okay, 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 okay. GRU, I know that's a Russian uh, acronym, but I can't just pretend that we all know what it stands for. Okay, GRU... Um, the uh, the main intelligence directorate of the general staff of the armed forces of the Russian Federation. Okay. That's it. So I guess it's military intelligence of Russia. All right, all right, all right. I'll go back to it. I'll go back to it. So the main military guys in Russia continue the paratroopers to be fraudsters. For this reason, paratroopers absolutely need to be very tall. Physical fitness is not enough. You need to be very big. Why? Because they need to be they need to look scary. Because their main weaponry is purely psychological. People should see these big guys and realize resistance is meaningless. Hence the entire legendary status, well-developed mythology and iconography. There are no other troops with so developed symbolics such as paratroopers. Consider this one where Ella the Prophet gets a blue paratrooper beret. And they've got uh, some kind of mythical paintings here from the far distant past of Russia. Ella the Prophet. This looks like an old painting that they stuck a um, that they stuck a, a, a Russian paratroop beret on. Anyway, I, I you know I'm looking up Ella the Prophet and I don't get it, but that's okay. Let me get back to it. Tons of songs, visuals, etc. are dedicated to paratroopers more than any other troops. Why? Again, because VDV are PSYOP troops and they are powerless without a thoroughly developed mythology. Thus, government heavily invests in building this mythology. And again, VDV stands for the Russian paratroopers. We don't know exactly in Russian, what the words are, but it'd be hard to pronounce anyway. Ah, look it up. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. I'll look it up. Okay. VDV refers to the Soviet or Russian now airborne forces, a branch of service in the Russian armed forces. So like their, their air force. 2nd of August is the Russian Air Force Day. So every year, 
former paratroopers or whoever decided to west the light blue vest and beret jump into the public fountain because that's their day. They also harass civilians on that day. And the police? Regular people people or soldiers will get long prison terms for beating up the cops, but not the paratroopers. They are shock troops of the Russian regime, and the regime is going to maintain their badass status. This is what it says here. They're so badass because they have the full support of the state. That's why elite paratroopers comprise the reserve of the Supreme High Command. It's not a reserve for a big war. No, no, no. It's a reserve for suppressing mutinies within Russia or in neighboring countries. And that's largely done through PSYOPs, psychological operations. Thus, they work hard to seem scary. When Russia decided to suppress the insurrection in Kazakhstan last year, it sent there its glorified riot police, the paratroopers. And they have these guys with the light blue stripes on their vests. Only these guys in the Russian Air Force wear the light blue stripes. Then it says, let's be honest, the Kremlin sees Ukraine as a rebel province. The very existence of this country is mutiny. And if you need to suppress a riot, you send the riot police. So Putin sent their paratroopers, and they were completely routed by the Ukrainians because they didn't expect organized resistance. Russian paratroopers were used as paratroopers only during the suppression of so-called fascist revolt in Hungary, 1956, and Czechoslovakia in 1968. Why? Because they knew they're not going to face another regular army there so they can unleash their PSYOP without fearing any consequences. But when Putin invaded Ukraine, he thought he's suppressing yet another Eastern European mutiny. And he sent his riot police expecting Ukrainian army to run or sur- to run or surrender. But it didn't. And once it didn't, his entire special operation, modeled after Whirlwind 1956 or Danube 1968, failed. Paratroopers were supposed to take control of the main cities and logistical clusters so the occupation of the country by the army would go smoothly. But Ukrainian Ukrainian army opened fire and they failed. And after that initial failure, the entire plan started with the Russian paratroopers was broken. The most dramatic example of this failure were Russian vehicles stuck in the early spring mud. You see, they're trying to put tree logs under the wheels of this tank here that he's got a picture of to get it out. Sounds good, but doesn't work. Putin expected Ukrainian army to surrender. Unexpectedly, not only the army, but even regular civilians whom government gave guns to started attacking Russian supply lines. Russia didn't plan for war and simply pushed forward with just one army echelon, so supply lines are unguarded. As a result, those columns have pushed forward, and he's got video here. As a result, those columns have pushed forward, run out of fuel, and simply get stuck on the roads and in the fields. That's the most plausible explanation for the Russian columns simply staying in the field and being filmed by civilians. 
Putin's blitzkrieg failed because it wasn't a blitzkrieg. See, blitzkrieg is a war operation against an enemy who fights. But Russia launched a special operation expecting Ukrainians to surrender. That's why they sent forward their glorified riot police. Of course, their glorified riot police was beaten. I'm going to digress here for a second. Ukraine is not Afghanistan, just, just so you know. They sent only one echelon of troops by land. They wanted to occupy a defenseless country and didn't care about covering their supply lines. Of course, they were cut off, and now thousands of Russian vehicles are stuck with no fuel. Putin's plan failed, and that's why he started escalating the violence. So then you see video of a student dormitory of Kharkiv University after a Russian bombardment or residential districts in Kiev. The only question is whether Ukrainians will be able to stand their ground until the imminent economic collapse of Russia. It will happen much sooner than most expect. Going to write about it tomorrow in a more detailed way. In any case, Putin's plan of a special operation failed. It failed for two reasons. First, after 2014, Ukrainians rebuilt their army and state for the imminent death, uh, for the imminent clash, that is, with Russia. Secondly, when Russia finally attacked, Ukrainians didn't fall for an empty PSYOP and didn't get scared. And if you don't fear, then the PSYOP doesn't work. This is remarkable. Who else is reporting like this? Who else is giving this angle? I'm going to go with nobody? Pretty much nobody? i got to follow this guy. This is remarkable. i got to follow this guy on Twitter. And he said he was going to do uh, you know, follow-up uh, tomorrow. And um, what I read to you is like 16 hours ago, as I'm reporting live at 1.40 a.m. Central. So let me see if he followed up. Let me see if he followed up with a, um, no, it doesn't look like yet. But that's remarkable. The guy's name is Camille Galeev, K-A-M-I-L-G-A-L-E-E-V. And that is really strong. That is really strong. DJ Mixmaster over Podbean says, are you taking calls? You know what? I wish I could. It's possible to do that in the daytime. But I don't have a producer to hook up the uh, the phone app to do it in the middle of the night. So I apologize. I apologize for that, uh, that inconvenience. All right, look, we are so thankful for our advertisers. And I don't want to... I want to mention a couple of them here real quickly before we get back into it. If you try to buy a vehicle recently, realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including the freedom to buy a car truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options 
allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry. Red River experts are still here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Now, Red River makes it really easy. As you browse their selection online, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions that then create personalized payment options that you have full control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. Hey, if you're in Central Arkansas, you just do what I did and go to one of their car lots. I got a great deal on a 2013 Honda Accord with only 85,000 miles on it. But anyway, if you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the nationwide car dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door anywhere in the continental United States, redriveryourway.com. You will be so glad that you did. Sweet. All right, we talk about trying to push back against the uh, overreaching government all the time, don't we? I'm just going to ask you, are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answer yes to any of these questions, you call my buddy Art Wilborn at 501-837-2866, or easier than that, just go to the website, myfamilyhealthplan.com. Now, when you click on myfamilyhealthplan.com, big, bold letters, affordable plans. What does that mean? Save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co-pays. Not going to get any better than that. Click, click on the big red button that says schedule call now. That's all you have to do. Book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn. We'll make sure there are no gaps in your coverage and also make sure that your personalized health coverage doesn't force you to cover awful stuff like abortion, like some of those Obamacare plans do. Again, the website, myfamilyhealthplan.com. Affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no copays. Click the big, beautiful red button which says schedule call now. Book a free consultation with my buddy Art Wilborn to make sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. All right. Now, mainstream media has been showing uh, old pictures of Putin and current pictures of Putin. I guess he's 73. And they're like, I don't know, man. Is he losing it? I don't know. He could be kind of mental. Could be losing it. I'm thinking, okay, wait. I mean, it could be. Well, this is the same mainstream media that acts like there's nothing wrong with Biden. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. This is me you're talking to, all right? For real? You going to play this? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, maybe Putin's going around the bend. You know, maybe he's nuts. Maybe he's crazy. What about Biden? 
He's the president of the United States. You show him some respect. He's a, he stutters. He's had it since childhood. Come on, man. Stop. Stop lying to me, man. Stop lying to me, man. All right. Okay. I found it. I found it. I found it. This works right here. This works right here. All right, Brian, hit it. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Doc Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com, the big old car dealership in the middle of the USA that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice the way you want to online and have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the lower 48, the continental United States of America. Here is today's Tweet of the Day. This is it. From Bonchi over at Red State, he says, and listen closely, the dirty little secret is that Joe Biden is not empathetic. He's a selfish, uncaring old man that will spit on the graves of those that died on his watch if it means avoiding political blowback. Conservatives that insisted that he used to be a decent man can log their corrections now. There you go. He's never been decent. He's never been decent. Thank you, Red River, your way. Appreciate y'all making the tweet of the day possible. Let me, um, Let me see what Rich, the People's Pundit Barris, says. Director of the Big Data Poll. He says, U.S. Senators justifying military intervention in Ukraine because Vladimir Putin is a liar and murderer. Ugh. We just murdered an entire family in Afghanistan, including their women and children, then we lied about it. Folks, foreign policy elites' motives have nothing to do with moralism. And then he's got a quote. Because Americans dislike realpolitik, public disclosure about foreign policy in the United States is usually couched in the language of liberalism, hence the pronouncements of the policy elites are heavily flavored with optimism and moralism. Behind closed doors, however, the elites who make national security policy speak mostly the language of power, not that of principle, and the United States acts in the international system according to the dictates of realist logic. In essence, a discernible gap separates public rhetoric from the actual conduct of American foreign policy, unquote. He says, please find the example of serious scholarship that is accepted as effectively disputing that argument. Psst, I'll give you a hint. It doesn't exist. All right, thanks, Rich Rich Barris, the People's Pundit. All right, all right. Jesse Waters. Fox News has announced the protection of Zelensky is priority number one for the entire Western world. Really? Really? I don't know, man. 
I think Ukrainians kind of have that under under control. The great Darren J. Beatty over at uh, Revolver.News says, well, that settles it. Thank you, Jesse Waters, for those insights. Now, I want to go back to a theme that I've been talking about on and off all week long. What is the Biden regime and the media using Ukraine to distract you from? Well, got a new uh, article from childrenshealthdefense.org. Nolan E. Bowman over there at uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s site. Headline, booster shots causing more injuries than previously thought. Israeli survey shows. Subhead, more Israelis are experiencing injuries and reactions following COVID-19 booster shots than the country's passive reporting system indicates, according to a survey conducted by the Israeli Ministry of Health. What do the data tell us about safety signals and underreporting? Well, we'll take a look at it. Now, if you try to go to it, you know, through Google, they'll say, oh, it's unsafe. It's unsafe to go to Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s website. That's an unsafe website. Unsafe to who? Pfizer? Moderna? Johnson & Johnson? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Unsafe. So here's a tweet from a teacher who says, non-educators, repeat after me. Just because I went to school doesn't mean I know how to teach or get a say in what teachers teach. Educators know what we are doing. We have degrees in our field. We make comprehensive lesson plans weekly. We are the experts. You are not. Now, when this person says non-educators, he means parents. He means shut up and stop telling us not to indoctrinate your children. These teachers think they own your kids. So again, I'll say it again. You elect me governor of the state of Arkansas, for my Arkansas listeners, and I will sign into law a bill that we will get passed through the legislature to put public school curricula online so parents can see what's being taught and closed-circuit security camera video in each classroom so your kids won't have to smuggle their smartphones in to take video of teachers when they lose it, to take video of teachers when they decide to get away from the curricula and indoctrinate the children. Now, the good teachers and the bad teachers. The good teachers are not going to mind. The bad teachers are going to freak. They're going to freak. Know what I'm saying? Daniel Horowitz, the great Daniel Horowitz over the blaze, has this tweet. He says, We're told that we cannot give a kidney to someone in need because they didn't get the shot. They didn't get the vaccine. And so we might lose the investment of that kidney. 
So should we demand Ukraine have a higher vaccination rate before dumping hundreds of millions more? Or is pseudoscience only used against America? Yeah, Ukraine's got, what, 36% vaccination rate? Uh, yeah. Now, I came across this tweet from an Arkansan who said, this Arkansan linked to a uh, tweet from Sarah Huckabee Sanders from June 12th of last year. She said, enjoyed catching up with my good friend Mike Pence and the incredible welcome in Indiana. Picture her with Mike Pence. And so, this person said, responding to it, here's why I'm not voting for her. In other words, she was cozying up to Mike Pence who stabbed Trump and the rest of them in the back on January 6, 2021. And he says, and side note, I wish she would drop the Huckabee and stand on her own. Oh! Yeah, don't expect that to happen. Do not expect that to happen. I'm just saying. I mean, it's an idea. But um, we'll see. We'll see. So Lindsey Graham, again, calling for the assassination of Putin. And the great Molly Hemingway says, we're seeing a lot of reckless, irresponsible and dangerous commentary right now, really time for Republicans to step away from the failed foreign policy figures and their failed and costly ideas and mismanagement of recent decades. If somebody asked Molly Hemingway at the Federalist, you have a better solution to end this quickly before a potential nuclear meltdown or even worse, a nuclear war? She said, my better idea is not calling for the assassination of the leader of a nuclear power, thereby making nuclear World War III a much likelier situation. How would we respond if Russia assassinated Biden? D- no. No, 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 no. Show some restraint, please. Michael Schellenberger, best-selling author of Apocalypse Never in San Francisco, president of Environmental Progress, He's out there saying, people are claiming a nuclear reactor in Ukraine is on fire. This was about six hours ago. The radiation levels around the planet are elevated and that it could be worse than Chernobyl. But none of those things are true and should be considered misinformation. And he's got a link to a little podcast about what we know, what we don't know. But then he says, First, we know that the reactor was not and is not on fire. He says there was a fire at an employee training building. It was nowhere near the reactors or any other safety-related system. Second, we know that radiation levels are not elevated. 
The great thing about radiation is that it is easy to detect. The plant, like all nuclear plants, is independently monitored and tracked in real time. Third, there's no way this could be worse than Chernobyl. There's no evidence of any damage to the containment domes, much less the reactors. And Chernobyl had no containment domes, had explosive fire, and melted fuel was exposed to the air. Michael Schellenberger continues, Ukraine's foreign minister is actively spreading misinformation that should be flagged by Twitter. Update. It appears that the fire was at an administrative building, not just a training building. Again, the administrative building's nowhere near the reactors or the steam generator or the turbine building. It was in a lower security part of the site. Here's what we know about the Zaporizhia nuclear plant in question. There are six relatively new Generation 3 reactors. None have lost coolant or are melting. It could take days for reactors to melt after the loss of coolant. And that's not happening. All the reactors have high-quality containment. Units 1 and 2 were shut down in the last few hours. Units 5 and 6 shut down last week. We've heard that Unit 3 or 4, talk about the reactors, might not be operating, but we don't know. Additional confirmation that there has been no elevated radiation coming in from uh, Phil Stewart, military and intelligence correspondent at Reuters. Schellenberger continues, like most everyone else, I'm very sympathetic to the Ukrainians defending their homeland. However, Ukraine's leaders appear to be using the firefight at the nuclear power plant as a way to generate panic. There is a report that the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson has falsely claimed the plant could now directly threaten the safety of Europe. That's simply false and dangerous fear-mongering. Again, he says Chernobyl didn't threaten the safety of all of Europe, and there's no way this plant could. U.S. Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm has confirmed no elevated radiation and robust containment. The implication that the Russians might put bombs under the Ukraine nuclear plant is bizarre and unhinged fear-mongering. Oh, but that's what Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is saying, according to David Begnod, lead national correspondent for CBS News. Michael Schellenberger says a lot of people are like saying, well, Putin's really bad and therefore he's suicidal and wants to irradiate his troops in Moscow. That's stupid. Putin thought he needed to invade Ukraine to save Russia, not to kill Russia. Nuclear meltdown undermines his occupation. Putin has plotted for decades to reconstruct a larger Russia. The invasion of Ukraine is a very important piece in the, that plan. He doesn't want to have to deal with a meltdown. Like all invaders, Putin wants things to get back to normal as quickly as possible. Think, people. Schellenberger continues, Everyone is right to be outraged and horrified by Putin's brutal invasion, invasion of, Russia, of, of Ukraine, but it's a very bad mistake to let your emotions cloud your judgment into thinking, Putin's just crazy. That's dumb. That's wrong. Cruel, bad, and evil are not the same thing as crazy and irrational. And he says, look how long Putin has been plotting this. Decades. People think Europe depends on Russia for energy because it lacks its own. But 15 years ago, 
Europe exported more natural gas than Russia does today. Now Russia exports three times more gas than Europe produces. Why? Because climate activists, partly funded by Russia, blocked fracking. Michael Schellenberg is just really sharp guy here. Let's look at some more. He says, do you hate Putin? Then don't be panicked, hysterical, and irrational. Read, think, and learn about energy. It's the key to understanding why Putin was not afraid to invade Ukraine. And it's the key to protecting our liberal democratic societies. Then he has a quote. This moment deserves nothing less than the deepest fear, unquote. He says, sorry, but no. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. That's from the uh, movie Dune. He says it's fine to feel fear. We must, but we must not be in the grip of it. Greta Thunberg says, I don't want you to have hope. I want you to panic. Well, panic means unthinking behavior or action. We should not wish panic on our enemies. It's too dangerous. He says, look what happened to Ukraine. Is anything worse than the combination of panic and wishful thinking? They are at bottom why the West failed to deter Russia from invading Ukraine. Climate and anti-nuclear panic and utopian renewable delusions. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. He says... Why did the West fail to deter Russia from invading Ukraine? Because we were lost in soft, renewable energy delusions while Putin was grounded in the hard physical reality of nuclear, oil, and natural gas. Ukrainians are paying for our wishful thinking. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the great Michael Schellenberger, uh, Dr. Michael Schellenberger, just another... uh, Great thread out there on uh, Twitter, and I'm, I'm going to have to follow him. He wrote a book a while back called San Francisco. So you know it can't be all bad, right? Yeah, I, I got I to gotta follow this guy. Because he, he says things that make sense. He says things that make sense. All right. Speaking of making sense, speaking of making sense, it makes sense to me that we are thankful for our advertisers. Let me uh, mention a couple more of them to you. My friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, Benton, Arkansas. Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm, to help injure people fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he sure helped me when I was in two automobile accidents in 2019, also helping with number three from December 17, 2021. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, really good idea of having a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who have been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin meant to make sure the mental law firm always works hard for you. So whether you're in a car wreck, hurt on the job, or you're a loved one suffering from the carelessness of another, if you're in Arkansas, 
Justin Minton Law is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton and Benton, at 501-943-4195. Or visit justinmentonlaw.com today. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Now, I like to help you feel better. If you got migraines or neck pain or back pain or vertigo or blood sugar problems, let me uh, ask you to conduct a little experiment. Okay, look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself, either solo or in a group. Are you leaning to the left or the right instead of standing up or sitting up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. Okay? Now, how's that work? Well, here's the deal. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, or C1, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for that atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of of your body the way God designed it to work. It can affect your circulatory system, your respiratory system, your reproductive system, yes, even your digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, vertigo, even problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, especially central Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center. 501-279-2009. Let me say it slowly enough that it makes sense. The Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009. For a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted. Now, if you're outside central Arkansas and you're like, you know, man, I, I think that, you know, that probably might be the thing for me, go to their website TurnMyPowerOn.com and click on the tab that says Find a Doctor Near You. And I hope they have one. This has helped me, helped my wife, helped so many people that we know. So many people that we know. It's the best kept secret in American healthcare. TurnMyPowerOn.com. All right, thank you. Now, let me uh, let me say something here. Since uh, I'm running for the Republican nomination for governor against a woman named Sarah Huckabee Sanders. who endorsed for re-election a congressman named French Hill, who says the fiction and a fallacy that the election was stolen from, from Donald Trump. 
also former Attorney General Barr on NBC Nightly News on the moment Trump accepted his resignation. I'll get to that in a second. But there is an article over the Federalist.com entitled Wisconsin Special Counsel Finds Widespread Election Fraud in 2020 Nursing Homes. Special Counsel Michael Gableman, retired Wisconsin Supreme Court judge, vetted more than 90 nursing homes in five different counties and concluded there was widespread election fraud in a 150-page report. How about them apples? How about that? Now, let me... um, Let me see what uh, former attorney Gen- Gen- former attorney general William Barr told Lester Holt on NBC News. Let's see what he said here. Okay, why can't we hear anything? Oh, I get it. I get it. You hit play, and that should mean that it's unmuted. But it doesn't mean that it's unmuted, does it? No, it doesn't. Okay, now let's unmute it and see if we can start it over again. No, we want to move it back. We want to move it back. Here we go. And I told him that all this stuff was bull**t and uh, about election fraud. And, uh, you know, it was wrong to be shoveling it out the way his team was. And he started asking me about different theories, and I had the answer. So I was able to tell him, this is wrong because of this. You're trying to set him straight. Yes. And, and, and you know, he listened. He, he, he was obviously getting very angry about this. I said, okay, well, look, I, I understand you're upset with me, and I'm perfectly happy to tender my resignation. And then, boom! He slaps the desk. He slapped the desk, and he said, accepted. Accepted. And then, boom! He slapped it again. Accepted. Go home. Don't go back to your office. Go home. You're done. I would have said the same thing because you're a liar. You're a liar, William Barr. I wonder who um, recommended Donald Trump hire William Barr to be attorney general. I mean, I found out a little while back who recommended Donald Trump nominate Christopher Wray, FBI director. That's Chris Christie. One of the biggest problems with um, Trump is he trusts the wrong people. You, you think Christopher Wray is doing a good job, FBI director? Sick in his bureau? On Trump supporters, just because they're Trump supporters? Arresting people for January 6th who didn't even go inside the Capitol building? Arresting people who the police opened the doors for said, come on in? And they just kind of walked around for a few minutes, didn't do anything? That Christopher Ray, Chris Christie told Trump, yeah, he'd be good for your FBI director. You trust Chris Christie? Really? I'm sorry. 
I'm just saying. I don't know who told him to hire William Barr, AG, but I just heard Barr lie. No, we've gone over and over it. I, I don't, you know. Okay, it's uh, quarter past two central in the a.m. I'm scheduled to do this again in uh, less than nine hours, so I might want to take a nap first. Appreciate y'all more than you ever know. And again, check out the new Facebook page, Elect Doc Washburn. You've been listening to the 100th episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messy. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansur's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansur Sempier the Tenth. Well, that's the way it is. Friday, March 4th, 2022.